Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode will air on Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. I'm Shannon, and first off, I am here with an author interview. And the author today is Sarah Pinsker, whose debut novel, A Song for a New Day, is now available. Definitely check it out. It is a fantastic novel. I don't want to say too much about it because I want you to hear the interview and go and, and buy it on the strength of her um, description rather than on my recommendation. Um, following that interview, of course, I have the week's guide to new releases. Of course, um, I will not mention the Pinsker book again in that guide because you'll have heard a ton about it. Um, but before we get into the actual interview, I want to give a few housekeeping information, uh, a bit of housekeeping information. First off, I recently learned that you can now ask your Amazon Alexa to play Book Bistro. And it looks like if you do that, it will play the most recent episode. I'm not sure how easy or difficult it is to move back and forth, like through the list of episodes, but I do know that you can get it to play the most recent episode of the podcast. Um, I just, I did not know that until recently. So I can tell you, and there's probably a bunch of you sitting here listening going, well, yeah, like we already knew that. So if you knew it, that that's good. Um, I did not know it. So I figure just in case there are more people like me who didn't, I would let you know. Anyway, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Book Bistro Podcast. On Facebook, you are, of course, welcome to join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other listeners of the podcast. We talk about books and things podcast related. Um, I've never really seen people post much that's off topic, so I've never had to like say anything that's inappropriate. Um, but definitely come chat with us over there. And you can, of course send us a direct message on Twitter or a personal message on Facebook. If you'd like to just email us directly, you can also do that. And the address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Okay, now it is time for the interview. Again, this is author Sarah Pinsker. Welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. I'm Shannon, and I am here today with author Sarah Pinsker, whose novel, A Song for a New Day, will actually be out on the day that this episode airs, so Tuesday, September 10th. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Can we start out by giving listeners a bit of an introduction to A Song for a New Day? Sure. Uh, so it's a book about mostly about two characters uh, in the in the near future. Uh, one is a musician, and uh, she's about to hit it really big when uh, some events conspire. There's a uh, some domestic terrorist type stuff that happens, and the government starts saying people should stay home, and 
it ends up being codified into laws that become congregation laws. So she uh, she goes from being a musician, uh, a touring musician, to uh, to living in a world where or in a country where where uh, you aren't allowed to uh, congregate, so you can't have shows and all of that. Um, and uh, the other character it follows is someone who grows up in that world where she's never known anything like uh, you know like live music or or people getting together. She lives in uh, she lives and works mostly in a an online uh, sort of augmented reality, virtual reality thing called hood space. Um, and so it's, it's about what happens when, when those two characters collide through, through events called plot. Events called plot. I like that. <laughs> so when I was first starting to read this, I originally thought that the two characters were kind of like following the same timeline, like in the beginning. And then I realized like, no like first we see our musician and it's obviously you know quite a few years before our timeline um with rosemary so i found it really interesting that at first like that just didn't come clear to me it all seemed sort of very um like stitched together and i was like oh okay like so this is the same time and as i continue to read i'm like no wait it's not <laughs> This is, um, you know, two separate timelines. I also really loved the emphasis on music in this novel. Um, I studied classical music in, in college. Um, I was an opera singer. And so whereas you chose a, a genre of music that was never mine, I loved sort of the like deep passion for just music as a whole that permeated this book. Do you have any kind of musical background or what inspired you to make music sort of the center of this book? Uh, yeah. So I've, um, I, I would, was a touring musician for years and years. I, I'm a sort of, well, I, I usually say it's like folk singer songwriter thing. Um, I, I did a folk singer th songwriter thing. And then I had a rock band that played the same music louder and faster. Ah. And um, I guess, uh, so, so yeah, I came at it from, from that perspective, playing in, playing in rock bands and playing in tiny, uh, tiny little folk clubs. And to me, uh, folk and punk actually have a lot of similarities and, you know, there's a lot of sort of DIY spaces that both exist in. Um, so, so part of it for me was, was that, yeah, I, um, performing and, and sort of there's a challenge in writing writing music into prose in a way that that people will buy and i think part of part of the trick that i've discovered is to write about the feeling that it gives you and then then you can insert like if you want to decide that she like sounds like opera you can um and i i i feel like i can leave room for that because i want to give the feeling either that that making music gives to the performer and convey that or the feeling that hearing that music conveys to the listener and conveying that rather than the specifics of exactly what's happening at any given moment. Right. Like what specifically is she playing and what is her sound? Yeah. Um, although you get, I think, a pretty strong sense that she at least at some points in the novel has, you know, a very kind of plugged in, um, almost like 
you know, rockish sound. Yeah. At least that was sort of what I. Uh, yeah, um, it's true. Okay, it's not opera. I, I, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, although um, I suppose you could sort of have some like opera vocals over that. I don't know. Sure. I'll I mean, to, Freddie uh, Mercury played sang opera-ish over over rock. It's true. So when you decided to write this book, not only did you write about music, but you also wrote about technology and kind of the way in which music and technology intersect and then kind of end up at at cross purposes in some ways, because the sort of virtual reality concert experience that Rosemary is a part of is not at all what the people who really love live music are, are seeking. Um, are you like a technology fan in general or? <laughs> um, I am not an early adopter, if that's part of the question. <laughs> um, I'm usually the last person to get on a platform and like when, as it's heaving its dying breath, I'm there to, to watch it go. <laughs> um, I, so so I, I suppose I, I come in with a little bit of skepticism and I tried not to make it entirely all my fears put into one thing, even though that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted there to be some some positives to the technology as well. Uh, so it it seems to me like 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 there's and, and hopefully I, I got this in there, but but there's there's reasons that this technology is beneficial too. Like if you're if you're someone who can't make it to, you know, to to a live show, uh, you, you don't like either economically or or you can't, you know, the show is in a basement and you're in a um, you use a wheelchair. Um, right. Uh, you know, sometimes logistics just prevent you from going, and you could still, you know have that live show experience um so, so i wanted there to be some of those benefits and and in the larger technology to put some stuff in there that maybe it could um the the there might be other ways that it would help the that uh if if all the school kids are have these subsidized um pieces of tech that in order to get online when schools go online then maybe you could subvert some of the the issues with with you know some schools being mm-hmm. better than others based on what neighborhood they're in once you once the schools aren't distributed by neighborhood and and the the finances of of that school district then then you open up a whole lot of interesting stuff so i wanted there to be some of those questions in there too and and so rosemary's experience of of the technology that she grows up in is not a negative experience no. um and and I wanted that to be in there too, even though, even though probably I I mean I know I would be one of the kicking and screaming people, um, but but I don't think that's the only way to be. So I find like I am probably the most like introverted person in my my real like everyday life, and so as I was reading your book, I was kind of like oh, like these people they can just like stay in their houses. How how beautiful. <laughs> I know it's a selling point for a lot of people. Yes, like the whole idea of, you know, I think about like, oh, I would really like to go and like hear this this author speak. And I'm like, wow. But then I have to go to this bookstore where there's like a million people. Hmm. I don't know if I want to do that. 
so the you know the idea of just being able to bring the world like into your home I think does have its appeal but I loved the way you were able to show I think very fairly like both the the positives and the negatives so it wasn't like I never got the impression this was like an anti-technology book or a pro-technology book I think it's like what if the world was like this like what would be good about that what would be bad about that yeah, I, I kind of see it as a pro asking questions and uh, book, and maybe pro drawing personal lines, mm-hmm. figuring out figuring out what what you want and what you need, and then you know sometimes being willing to cross over, um, but then also uh, asking what the n- not letting someone else dictate for you what the only options are. Right, uh, that you can create your own options and your own kind of like boundary lines based on your beliefs and also your I imagine like your personal circumstances right so can we talk a little bit about what drew you kind of from being a touring musician to writing books well I I was always writing fiction like I've been writing fiction for as long as I can remember and uh, there, there came a time that the, the stories kind of got shorter and shorter and shorter. And then I found myself writing songs around the same time that I sort of discovered my love for performing music. And, and there was a while that I wasn't writing stories. But um, to me, they're kind of parts of the same or like sides of the same coin. Uh, the, it's, all, it's all storytelling. And it's just a question of what what mode that particular story wants to be told in um so so this was a a novel sized idea there was no condensing it to to three verses and a and a chorus and no yeah and there i mean and not even i i actually wrote about loose in a, a story called uh, our lady of the open road um before this and and ah. that's that's a novelette, so it's like fifteen thousand words ish. Um, okay. So I've told another story about her, and I've told a couple of stories about other characters, like some of the side characters in this world, um, here and there. Um, yeah, they're out there to be found. Uh, but but this this one was the bigger story, and this was right. The, and th- this just didn't fit in any other space. It it wanted to be a novel. I'm really excited to know that there are kind of other, you know, brief little like entry points into this world because it's just so, so rich and full. Um, And I was kind of sad to leave it behind when I finished. So I may have to uh, go hunting for some of those, you know, shorter um, kind of side stories. I should probably uh, make a blog post or something to to draw draw the connection in case anyone wants to find them. But um, yeah, they're all side stories. I, I'm a big believer in not. I mean, believer is the wrong word. I, I think lots. There are lots of stories that want to be told in multi-volume epics, um, but but this felt very much like a standalone to me, where I I wanted to tell the story of these two characters and an arc for them, and then I want to leave them alone. And then mm-hmm. if they're um, you know, and then I could possibly tell other things in this world, but I don't want to poke at them so much anymore. I think I've I've told right. what I wanted to say about them. 
So where did you draw your inspiration for kind of creating like hood space as a whole? That, oh, actually, I might have an answer for that. I was going to say I don't, but I do. Um, I was in, I was in China in um, 2016 for this amazing uh, weird music and art festival. They, they build it as sort of uh South by Southwest meets Coachella, and um, it was out in a desert outside of Beijing, uh, but it turned out to not be a real desert. It was like a a movie set desert um, that was actually in wine country, and uh, it was the most amazing science fictional space I've ever been in um, because there were, like, the stage was this enormous uh, ship that had crashed to Earth. It was and then and then there were all of these like blow ups and um art installations and stuff, so kind of a burning man vibe too, um where there were like space snake skeletons that you could walk through and planets that had crashed and and all these things all over this little desert and then there was a technology tent, and um the the woman who was sort of my handler while I was there. Said, said that was the one thing she wanted to do. And I wanted to make sure she had some fun too because uh, she was just a college student who had been like tasked with babysitting me. Um, <laughs> and she was absolutely lovely. And so so we went to the technology tent and it had some like little, these cool dancing robots and it had a guitar app that taught you how to play guitar, which was interesting. Um, and then And then there were a ton of companies with VR projects of various sorts. And um, some of them were the kind of shoot 'em ups that I mostly think of as as the things that I've seen that technology being used for so far. And then one of them was a was a story. The one I ended up putting on was a a story uh, by Lucy Sheen. It was just like a little fairy tale, and you put on your goggles, and suddenly you were in space, and um, and you could like play music on the stars, or you could push them, and they would fly into each other. Oh and wow! It, so, yeah. So and it was, and then you you just went farther and farther, and you were playing with these stars, and playing with the stars, and you're like, is there anything else to do? And then if you turned your head and like turned around 300 or 180 degrees, um, there was a man putting a little baby to bed in the moon. And that was the whole, like, that was, that was the whole thing. It was just as, but, but I, like, I was just blown away by how, like, just the, the sensation of it. And I know that, and I've done a couple of other little VR things since then that, that made me think I could play with this in this particular way. And I think technology is actually catching me really fast. Like, I think uh, one of the, one of those Oculus Rift type things is doing concerts now. Um, and I haven't checked that out to see how close it is to what I described, but but um, I expect to be fully lapped on that one. <laughs> well, it is just such a, a rich, immersive experience um, to read this and to really feel drawn into this kind of new world, which, you know, in, in so many ways... Like you can kind of see like glimpses of it in our own technology, like you're saying. And so I, I just I loved those those portions of it. Can you tell us what's next for you? Uh, well, uh, next I was first of all, I have a whole bunch of short stories that I need to write. I'm just dying to write another short story. Ah. Um, uh, but I have a novel that I'm almost done with. Uh, um a second standalone novel that also has to do with near future technology. It's not a music novel, 
um, but it's a near a new near future tech and how it affects uh, a couple of people. So again, it's a very close focus. I, I, I'd rather uh, I, I think my my joy is in looking at how like a technology affects one person on the ground rather than the big sweeping changes or the you know mm -hmm. the company intrigue or that sort of thing. So like I, I like to just follow follow what happens. Um. So this was uh, kind of billed to me as science fiction. Um, is that a kind of genre that you that you feel comfortable putting your work into, or would you call it something else? I'm fine with science fiction. I'm fine with speculative fiction or SF or whatever you want to say. Uh -huh. um, I, I like. I, I, I think. I think it kind of ticks some of the boxes of, of literary fiction too. Um, these days, there's a lot more sort of transgressing that border. It's um, true. And and it's a it's a story about character. You know, it, it's got technologies in it, but it's it's a story about characters. So so I I don't see why it wouldn't be on the same shelf as as The Handmaid's Tale, whichever you know wherever you put that, or Station Eleven, or um, a visit from the goon squad like those are all books that that sort of went into the soup you are actually sharing a release day with the sequel to the handmaid's tale <laughs> yes i am <laughs> so this is a a good week for sort of you know near future um you know new world kind of of novels um that i'm i'm really really excited to see more of these kind of coming down the pipe and having people kind of fall into these new worlds and look at like, what happens if things continue going um, in the direction that they, they currently seem to be going. Yeah. Yes. So are you much of a reader in general? Uh, yes. Definitely. Uh -huh. <laughs> and do you have anything that you've read recently that you'd like to recommend? We are rather huge on, on book recommendations here. And I find that authors have like some of the best ones. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. And then like the, just watch everything escape my head. So things that I've read that I've loved this year. Um, uh, Mallory O'Meara's, uh, th th this isn't even uh, fiction, but the, the woman, oh. is it the lady from the Black Lagoon or the woman? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was, that was fantastic. Um, and that, that's a story, uh, that's a nonfiction book about a woman who was uh, a monster maker. She made the, designed the creature from the Black Lagoon and then got kind of summarily written out of the history of, of her genre and her movie uh, yes. for, uh, by, by one very petty person with a lot of power. Uh, I thought that was, that was a fantastic book. Um, there's a whole bunch of good collections uh, that have just come out or are just coming out. Um, uh, Ted, Chang, uh, Ted Chang's Exhalation um, collection, uh, Molly Gloss's new collection, um, uh, Nino Sipri's new collection that's coming out in November, Homesick. Um, oh. I just blurbed that, and that is a really good collection. Um, uh, 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 um, yeah, watch everything go straight out of my brain. Um, oh, that's okay. Was that a good start? I would say so, yes. Okay. 
Um, and it's interesting because a lot of the people that we talk to, like generally don't, don't recommend collections. So I love that those are some of the things that you really love this year and that you could bring them to people's attention. Um, like I myself tend not to read them. I tend to really like to like be immersed in like a, a single, a single story as opposed to a bunch of, you know, shorter ones, like all put together. But there have been the occasional um, like anthology that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. So if listeners would like to get in touch with you online, what would be the best way for people to do that? Uh, well, uh, sarahpinsker.com is my website. It's, then all you have to manage is spelling my name right. <laughs> so it's S-A-R-A-H-P-I-N-S-K-E-R.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sarah Pinsker and I'm there a lot. Um, same, same handle at Instagram. Those are all places you can find me. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today about this book. It is such a, a triumphant story and I'm so glad that you shared it with the world. Um, I wish you a ton of great luck on your release day. And of course, on this new thing that you're working on, and I will be keeping an eye out for it, um, you know, in like the next like year or so, I, I would yeah. love to, to see it. Um, so just thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. It's oh, you're welcome. And now for a whole bunch of books that I am excited about, or if I'm not excited about them, one or more of my co-hostesses might be excited about them, or they're things that I think are just of general interest to the listenership of Book Bistro. This is not a comprehensive list. Um, so many books come out each week. There's just not a good way that I could tell you about all of them. Um, I don't even think I know about all of them. So this is just kind of a, a sampling of things. If you are super excited about something and I haven't mentioned it, please let me know. The more specific uh, you can be about what you love, the better I can curate all of these lists um, with, you know, a, a broader eye on the listenership of the podcast. Um, if I know, for example, that a lot of people really love contemporary romance, I can talk more about those. I don't love them, so I don't tend to mention as many of them as some of you might wish I would. So please let me know. So the first few books are books that you've heard us talk about on our most anticipated books of September episode. So I'm not going to say too much about them. Um, Akin by Emma Donahue. The audiobook of this does not come out until October 3rd, but it's available this week in print and in ebook. This is a book that Amber talked about. She's also super excited, along with Stacy, for the release of The Institute by Stephen King. Um, a bunch of us are very, very excited that The Testaments, Testaments which is the sequel to Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale is out this week. Um, I'm kind of sad because I get the impression that a lot of people now know The Handmaid's Tale from the TV series as opposed to the fantastic novel. So hopefully with the release of the sequel, more people can kind of get to know it um, for the fantastic literary work that it is. 
instead of just the the series on TV. Um, also, Min is very excited about the Magnolia Sword, which is a retelling of the Ballad of Mulan by Sherry Thomas, and that is out this week as well. Now, these are books that we haven't talked about. Um, first up is Need You Now by Molly O'Keefe. This actually came out on Monday, September 9th, and it is, oh look, it's a contemporary romance, something I said I didn't mention a lot of. Well, I guess I didn't say I didn't mention any, I just said perhaps I didn't mention enough. So this is a standalone contemporary romance about a single dad who is fighting hard for a chance at a happily ever after with a woman that he has loved for years. I've heard a lot of positive things about Molly O'Keefe. I have never read her, although I do have her debut women's fiction title here, um, which she has written under the pseudonym of Molly Fader. So this again is Need You Now, and it's by Molly O'Keefe. The rest of these all come out today. Um, this first one I'm super excited about. This is Trapeze, and it is by Lee Enzel. It's about a teenage girl who has grown up in a traveling circus. I love circus books. Like circuses in real life, I think are kind of terrible, but I love reading about them. There's just something very magical and captivating. But anyway, our main character has grown up in a circus and a terrible tragedy occurs, sort of forcing her to leave the circus world behind and try to integrate herself kind of into, you know, the more of a normal world. So this again is Trapeze and it is by Lee Ansel. Next up is The Nobodies. It's by Liza Palmer. And this reminded me a little bit of something like Evie Drake Starts Over, which Stacy really, really loves. Um, it's about a journalist who is closer to 40 than 30, and she needs to kind of reinvent herself. And so she leaves the journalism world behind in a way and ends up working in a Los Angeles internet startup. Um, it's supposed to be very funny, very clever, um, kind of a, a chiclet title, maybe? I, I'm not sure. But it's The Nobodies, and the author is Liza Palmer. If you enjoy thrillers, you are probably familiar with the work of Andrew Gross. His latest, no latest novel is The Fifth Column, and it is a historical thriller that takes place in war-torn Europe, kind of right at the dawn of World War II. I have never read his work, um, but I know a lot of people who have, so I thought that this would be worth mentioning, and it is The Fifth Column by Andrew Gross. Next up is The Not Wives. The author is Carly Moore. This is a novel that traces the lives of three women who get caught up together in the Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, I was living in New York when Occupy Wall Street kind of became a thing. Um, and it was definitely a phenomenon that I had never seen before. And 
I don't know if, if we will ever see it again. So if you've lived through that in any way, you might be interested in picking this up. It is The Not Wives, and the author is Carly Moore. This next book um, is the finale to a young adult series. This is Capturing the Devil, and it's Stalking Jack the Ripper, book four, by Carrie Maniscalco. I talked about Stalking uh, Jack the Ripper, which is the first book in this series, when we talked about young adult thrillers. So this is the finale, and I'm, I'm not ready for it yet. I still need to read books two and three, but apparently this... Um, pits Audrey Rose and Thomas, who are our main characters, against the killer who is known as the White City Devil. Um, I was really intrigued by the first entry in this series, so I definitely plan to keep up with it. If you are more current than I am, though, you're probably ready for it. So it's Capturing the Devil, and it's Stalking Jack the Ripper, book four, by Carrie Maniscalco. How about some romantic suspense? Um, this is Dark Memento, and it's the first book in a new series by Katie Race. The series is called Verona Bay. It's about a woman named Serenity who has come home after a long time away, and we don't really know why. Apparently her, her husband has died, but I think there's some other stuff going on that the synopsis doesn't reveal. Um, apparently, many years ago, her twin sister died in this town, and now that she's come home, she has come to the attention of the person who is believed to be responsible for her sister's death. So this, again, is Dark Memento, and it is Verona Bay, book one, by Katie Reyes. This next book will be kind of a thematic favorite of the presenters of Book Bistro. This is The Women of Great Heron Lake by Deanna Lynn Sletton, and it's a dual timeline novel. We really, really love those here. Um, two women who are living 150 years apart, and how they are kind of fighting um, social conventions so that they can follow their dreams. They end up living in the same house. And so the house has kind of witnessed, um, you know, both of their stories. And so we are now um, being given two narratives. And it is The Women of Great Heron Lake by Deanna Lynn Sletton. Now, this next book is a psychological thriller. It's called The Woman Upstairs. Not to be confused with the book... Um, with the same title by Claire Massoud, but this is The Woman Upstairs by Ruth Heald, and it is basically the story of a woman who could be our heroine's best friend or her worst nightmare. I want to check this out because creepy, twisty thrillers are definitely something that I love. So this is The Woman Upstairs, and it is by Ruth Heald. Next up is the third book in a young adult fantasy trilogy. 
This is When She Reigns, and it's Fallen Isles, book three, by Jody Meadows. She is one of the co-authors of My Plain Jane, and the series, this particular series, is about a woman who is, I guess, a, like a young woman, who is condemned for defending dragons. I'm not sure what she's defending them against, um, but apparently it's not a good idea, and she's been condemned. I have not read... Um, this series, yeah. The first book is called Before She Ignites, and I definitely want to pick it up. But this one is When She Reigns, and it's Fallen Isles, book three, by Jody Meadows. Another contemporary romance. See, I, I do mention these from time to time. This is Sinful Like Us by Krista Ritchie and Becca Ritchie. I believe they are sisters. I am more familiar with a series that they wrote called Amour Amour, which takes place in a circus. Um, because as we established, I really like books and circuses. So this is a, an altogether different series. I know a lot of people love their writing style. And so I'm mentioning it here in case you are someone who follows their work. So this again is Sinful Like Us, and it's the fifth book in the Like Us series by Krista Ritchie and Becca Ritchie. Next up is a Sherilyn Kenyon book, and I've never read Kenyon's writing, but I know a lot of people have, um, some of my co-hostesses have, and I know that there's sort of a lot of controversy surrounding her right now. Um, and I'm not going to get into whether that's true or not, because frankly, I, I don't know the whole story. But anyway, she has released another Dark Hunter book. This one looks, it's kind of a trilogy, which is crammed into the series as a whole. I'm, I'm not sure how the Dark Hunter universe works. But this is At Death's Door, and it's the Dead Man's Cross trilogy, and it's book three by Sherilyn Kenyon. This next book makes me really, really happy. It's the Second Chance Supper Club, and it is by um, Nicole Meyer. And it's about two sisters who have been estranged for a long time, and they are now attempting to mend their fractured relationship. This is a novel of hope, of second chances, of redemption. It just looks so fantastic. And I am always here for a good sister's story. So this is The Second Chance Supper Club by Nicole Meyer. Sarah Donati is an author who has intrigued me for quite a few years. I have not read her yet, but I'm always telling myself that I should. She writes these big, sweeping, historical, like epic sagas. Um, her new book this week is Where the Light Enters, and it is the second novel in her Gilded Hour series. It looks to be about female doctors. The first one is something like 36 hours long in audio. I'm not sure how long the second one is. Um, and I'm trying to figure out if you have to read the second one, but like if you have to have read the first one to enjoy the second one. Some series you do and some you don't. I probably will read the first one just to be safe. But that, of course, means that it'll be kind of a while before I pick up this. So this is Where the Light Enters, and it's Gilded Hour, book two, by Sarah Donati. And 
kind of in the same vein um, in that both of these books are historical fiction. This is The Last Train to London by Meg Waite Clayton. And this is a story of one woman and her role in getting thousands of children out of Nazi-occupied Europe. There are so many good World War II stories. Um, I'm not a fan of the atrocities of World War II in real life, but I think there is some insightful and lovely literature that has come out, um, you know, set in that time period. So this again is The Last Train to London, and it is by Meg Waite Clayton. How about another twisty thriller, just to kind of shake things up? This is Mother Knows Best by um, Kira Peikoff. And it's basically the story of one woman um, who is eventually a mother and a secret that she's keeping that reverberates down through her family for generations. So this again is Mother Knows Best and it is by Kira Peikoff. Gilly McMillan is an author who's been on my radar for a while. I read one of her books um, in, a, in a series, and I didn't like it as much as I hoped, but people talk a lot about her standalones, and so I am interested in trying one of those out. Her new one is called The Nanny, and it is out this week. It's about a woman who is unable to forget the disappearance of her nanny some 30 years before and her determination to learn the truth no matter what it will cost her. So this is The Nanny and it is by Gilly McMillan. If you loved Caravel or The Hazelwood, you will want to pay attention to this next book. This is A Treason of Thorns. It is by Laura E. Weymouth, and it is kind of a historical fantasy. It's set in a magical England. Um, it's, it just looks like kind of questy. Um, I'm not always a fan of quests, but sometimes they can be very cool. It looks like some really great world building. Um, I'm just really excited for it. I love this kind of like takes on on history and on places like V.E. Schwab's series about like the four different Londons that have all different kinds of magic. So I'm hoping for something kind of similar to that. This is A Treason of Thorns and it is by Laura E. Weymouth. And another fantasy novel is going to end this episode. This is The 10,000 Doors of January and the author is Alex E. Harrow. This is a book about books. Um, it's set during the early 1900s and a mysterious book sends our heroine on a fantastical journey. Um, I guess some, it's, it's like a portal perhaps? I, I'm not sure, but I really want to read it to find out because it looks amazing. And that once again is The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow. And that, my friends, is all I have for this week. I hope that you have managed to find a thing or two or ten to increase the size of your TBR pile. Um, mine grows by leaps and bounds whenever I put one of these lists together, and that's just how I like it.
If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.